Good evening, Patriots. And it's Sunday, June, not June, Sunday, January 16th. <laughs> That's kind of funny. We this we just time warped six months. We're back. Don't worry. And it's still the year 2022. Nothing's changed. Just, just to hang on. Don't worry. It's okay. Storms are still here and it's still raging. So, you know, one of the things that we are dealing with right now, a lot of is compliance and this willful giving in to the rules and threats of the state. And I want to dig into that a little bit tonight. We're going to dig into Joshua 2. Before we begin, MyPillow.com, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards is the Bards Nation landing page. Thanks to all you great patriots and the wonderful support you've given to MyPillow. We have our own special page with all sorts of featured, featured specials. And once again, my pillow is under a massive attack naturally by the deep state who has decided that deplatforming is another way of attacking them by deplatforming their banking, apparently. And Mike Lindell is fighting back as he always does. And the way we have to continue to fight back is support him in as many ways as possible. One of those ways is to support his great products and just to, if we're going to buy from a company, buy from a company that really supports liberty and believes in the country and a CEO that has Christ in their heart. And that's MyPillow.com. So MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Your promo code is Bards, B-A-R-D-S, B-A-R-D-S. Check it out. All sorts of great specials. MyPillows, the classic MyPillows, 75% off. Giza sheets, Giza cotton sheets. They're absolutely amazing. Buy one, get one free. They're crazy comfortable. Uh, My slippers, 40% off. Six-piece towel set, $39.95. All sorts of great featured specials. You can use the Bards code anywhere on the MyPillow site, on the Frank Speech site, and on the My Store site. All of those different places, you can use your same promo code for fantastic savings. So check it out. Also, The Founders Bible, thefoundersbible.com. That's the Bible for our time. An NASB 1995 edition is what that is. And it was it's a Bible, as you have all heard, Brad Cummings on here, Pastor Brad Cummings. He was the general editor for that edition. A beautiful ed- edition of a Bible that's integrated our founding fathers' documents, or many of them anyway, into the Scripture, throughout the Scripture. I shouldn't say into, but throughout the Scripture. So you can literally, as you're reading, you can reference and learn how our founding fathers were literally using Scripture as a living language fantastic and it's a great translation as well a beautiful edition overall so uh, homeschoolers I just talked to somebody today a friend who has one has been using this in their homeschooling it's they just can't rave enough about it so it's another great aspect of the bible just for the family so again thefoundersbible.com use your promo code bards b-a-r-d-s in the coupon section and save 20 percent on those bibles and they're all printed in America, too, which is very rare if you haven't noticed. Most Bibles are printed in China. And the publishers always give you the excuse, well, we want to expose them to the Word of God. I guess that would translate to, we want to expose the, the Christian slaves to the Word of God. Like, good idea. Super. You're helping things a lot. This Bible is printed in good old U.S. of A. Finally, Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. That is literally the coffee for our time. It is a coffee designed to give you boosted energy. One cup a day, sustained energy over the whole day, increased and men- improved mental focus, and it's also the foundation to help improving your overall body immune health. So if you go to expeditioncoffee.com, you'll find that there. Plus, you'll find some other great products that all work together in a kind of a health ecosystem. And that's the gut health triad, which will help heal and seal your gut. 
You have Immune XP, which is an immune booster based on pine cone extract, high in vitamin C, which now the CDC even admits like, oops, sorry, didn't mean to push it too far out of the way, but CDC, uh, vitamin C solves the whole thing. And then we're like, yeah, we know, but thanks for trying to kill everybody with that vax. And then we have Pure 47, which is one of the most refined silver extracts on the market. It's a nano level, nano sized silver extract that can isolate pathogens all throughout your body, boost your immune system. It's fantastic. It'll, it'll also isolate all the SARS-CoV nonsense that they're trying to launch at us to kill us. And then we have Earth, which is a fantastic product. It's a one scoop full body nutrient powder. Mix it with water, drink it once a day. It's almost it actually gives you all the nutrients of a full meal, but all, a lot more because it's so concentrated and refined. So anyway, check that out. XP, Expedition Coffee, ExpeditionCoffee.com. So we have faced, we are facing a pretty critical crisis, in my opinion, in our country. And we're getting, it's going to get a little bit worse, I think, before it gets better. And part of that is now we have all this ramping up of the push to go out and vote and President Trump's back on his rally tours and we've got, uh, you know, um, all this stuff going on. And, and we're not getting to the core issue for our nation. And I, I can't tell you how many comments I got like, President Trump didn't mention the vax in his last rally. It must be okay. It's like, come on, people. Look, let's get to some real topics here. Let's stop worshiping Trump and let's get to where the core issue is, which is we have to reset ourselves in a relationship with Christ Jesus, and as a nation, we have to stop having idolatry. I don't know where Trump's going to be next year. I don't know where he's going to be in two years. I don't know where he's going to be in 2024, okay? I just know that he's doing rallies, and that's a rah-rah session, and we're not getting enough focus on the real focus of the problem. And the focus of the problem right now is that we are not paying enough attention to where the, what they're doing. And they're doing it because people are too willing to comply to their tyranny. Now, we have it in our Declaration of Independence. It says, you know, as we must overthrow. It is our duty to throw off such governments that become despotic. This is a tyranny. This is what we have. We have a despotic government. And we also know that when we look at the voting system, I was noticing some, some comments today, even by General Flynn, and, and it really irritates me. I won't tell you. I won't kid you. Because when I read things like, it's retarded not to vote. It's like, uh, no, that's actually an American right to choose to vote or not to vote. So I'm not going to tell you to vote or not to vote. That's an American right. That's part of your freedoms. You can choose to vote or not. It's not retarded. I just want to say that. That's your choice. That's your choice as a free, sovereign individual to choose how you want to participate. So that's very simple. Now, with that said... The system of government is rigged. That's just a, the system of state and federal government is highly rigged. So if you're going in with expectations that your vote is going to make a big difference, I would encourage you to reflect very seriously on that, considering that the, you're not going to get to the presidency unless you get backed by a lot of these big money people. And you'll notice that nobody in the main political spectrum of federal and even at state very few people at state and nobody at federal is denouncing Big Pharma. Notice how they're giving you Fochi, but they're not giving you the CEO of, of Pfizer. Notice how they're they're telling you you're going to have 
vaxes, they're not going to have mandates, but in fact, they're, it's really more like you're not going to have mandates, but we're not going to take it away either. We're going to let them roll out. By the way, just another footnote. I'm going to go in tomorrow night a little, again, a little more deeply into some of the Virginia uh, EOs that were done by their new governor. I just want to point this one out. He, they made a, everyone's been making a big deal like he stopped the mandates. No, he did not, by the way. He stopped the mandates for the executive class. What's that? Those are all the people in his personal government and his personal sphere. They no longer have to have mandates. He did not stop the mandates for business or any other department, government agency. Just so you're clear. Again, this is all sleight of hand. Okay. A lot of sleight of hand going on here and nobody wants to denounce big pharma. And there's such an eagerness to trust in the government and a lot of that, I believe, stems from the fact that, well, two parts. One, we lack an intimate relationship with Christ. There's all sorts of worship on the idea of Christ, but an intimate relationship with Christ is a part of our lives. I, I, there's just not enough of that in our world. And the other part is there is a lack of fear of the Lord of what that actually brings. What is wrath? And so this is why I want to go through Joshua 2 today. And let me begin this right now. We begin, Then Joshua the son of Nun sent two men as spies secretly from Shittim, Shittim, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and they entered the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and rested there. But it was told to the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men from the sons of Israel have come here tonight to spy out the land. And the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to spy out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them, and she said, Yes, the men came to me. But I did not know where they were from. I came, it came about when it was time to shut the gate at dark that the men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, for you will, take, you will overtake them. But she had brought them out to the roof and hidden them in the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued them on the road to Jordan to the crossing places, and as soon as those who were pursuing them had gone out, they shut the gate. Now this is very interesting to me because, first of all, it's once again, as Christ had met with taxpayers and prostitutes, we have another prostitute entering into Scripture. And she again, she, this, in this case, she is amazingly courageous. But she does something that's profound. She defies the king. Now, understanding not only does she defy him, she lies to the king. She lies to the king to protect two of the spies from Joshua. And that would cost her her life if it was found out. That's courage. And it's not blind courage because as we learn going on here, she understands what these two men represent. Let me continue. Joshua 2.8 is where we'll begin. Now before the spies lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the terror of you has fallen on us 
and that all the inhabitants of the land have despaired because of you. For we have heard from the Lord dried up, we have learned, heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the kings of the Amorites who were beyond Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. When we heard these reports, our hearts melted, and no courage remained in anyone any longer because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord, since I have dealt kindly with you, that you will also deal kindly with my father's household and give me a pledge of truth, and spare my father and my mother and my brothers and my sisters and belong and all who belong to them, and save our lives from death. So the men said to her, Our life for yours if you do not tell this business of ours. And it shall come about when the Lord gives us the land that we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. She's made a choice to lie, to defy. She's made a choice to honestly not be truthful in, in her speaker or heart to the king. And she's risked her entire family in a move because she understands that these two men are from the Lord and that the consequences of defying the Lord are greater than the consequences of defying the king. Now, could you imagine a world that we lived in today where that sort of I would use the term fear, respect, a number of words, awe of the Lord existed, you would never have had anybody taking the injection. You would never have had anybody playing these mass games. So this is so important to really grasp because we have lacked this I hear this a lot. People say, well, fear is not fear. And, and, and I hear this frequently. People shouldn't, it's not about fearing the Lord. It's about respect and homage for the Lord. No, there's got to be a measure of fear here. If you know that the Red Sea was split, there is a little bit of like, whoa, that's some serious power. And if you don't have a healthy reverence and respect for that, there's nothing wrong with having a little fear. Let me tell you a true statement. And this comes from one of my buddies that was on uh, Delta special operations teams. And it was this, he said, anybody on our team that lacks a bit of fear before a mission in their heart is of liability. Every person that goes in should have a tinge of fear because then you have a healthy respect for life and a pursuit of excellence in your mission. So when I say fear, I actually mean a little bit and reverence and all those other amazing things. But if you don't have that in your heart and you're just like, oh, I just revered the Lord, blah, blah, blah. You're not being real. Okay, this is Lord our God is the same who wiped out all of creation nearly and, and set Noah and his family members and animals on an ark and said, I'll save you. The rest of you shall drown. That's some serious action. And here again, we have a prostitute who it's so amazing that she ends up having more courage, as much courage as anybody could have within the kingdom. She defies the king to save and protect 
two of God's servants. We need to re- in, rekindle this fire. It's, it's a fire of righteousness, but it's a fire of reverence, and it's this spark of fear. We have to get this back into our lives. And when we do, life becomes a lot easier. We stop having this sort of spiritual deity reverence and idolatry that goes into our leaders. We start demanding truth. She understood very well the king was bad. Even if the king had been generally good, she understood that he had no good intentions. She didn't go around advertising it. She just made the decision to lie to the king to, and to literally send his men on a mission. Think about that. She sent his men out of, on a mission that was a complete lie, allowing Joshua's men to complete the mission. Now, our, there's, I'm sure there's arguments like, well, she's being very selfish. She's protecting her family. She's doing a good thing. She is looking out for her family, and she's in that pursuit. She's looking out for all of her family members, which she's hoping to align with the Lord, in my opinion, and also looking for the salvation through the Lord, in my opinion. But that sort of courage is so rare these days. It's unbelievably rare. When people get pinched, they want to blame somebody else. When people get pinched, they want to comply, and they turn and make everybody else do the same thing. And we just cannot have a successful republic if we don't restore this sort of courage, this, the courage of Rahab. We just don't, we can't have it. We have so many people right now cutting deals, backdoor deals with the dark side, complying to big pharma, playing all these games, trying to, you know, spinning lies. I, I, you know, I'm really, it is getting sickening, truly. It's getting completely nauseating, this whole idea. And I started with it, but I'm going to go back to it of this. We're going to, we're going to stop the vax mandates. I want to put this in certain context. Now think about this. We're saying we're going to stop the mandates and in that the vax is your choice. This is what they're telling you. A vax that knowingly has killed by VAERS data, close to 20,000 people. And there's over 100,000 people that have been knowingly injured. If you follow the WHO data, that number is close to 2 million people that have been vax damaged. And you have people out here telling you, we need to give people the choice. So in other words, what they're telling you is you need to give your friend a choice of being crippled or suicided without the actual information that that's what will happen, or you can give them a choice of life. But we don't want to ban the vax. So can you morally make a, a promote and vote for somebody like that? That's what I'm asking you. And it's something I'm not telling you to give an answer. It's something you need to take to prayer. Because if you are having, for me, that's, an, that's a moral conflict I cannot justify. If a person is willing to accept that there is an acceptable loss of people in that range of numbers, which is unbelievable. Do you realize that the promotion of that position, as much as we all hate, I would say probably less despise would be a better use of word, President Barack Obama, and I know I do, do you realize that when they went out with the SARS injection vax what they call the vaccination it was about 18 people and they pulled the injection off the market 
But this injection, which is being promoted by two presidents, one who's one but didn't win the election, and the other that is currently in the hand puppet seat of the ele- of the of this, are both have both been promoting this, and there has been twenty thousand people killed. That's a disgusting statement to me. So. The point we have here is start looking hard at these facts and getting real about the numbers before you. I mean, this is, this is a real consequence. And the courage of Rahab would say, uh-uh, I'm not going to listen to those who spout that. We need that courage of Rahab, truly. And we don't have it. I'm going to continue with the promise to Rahab, which is Joshua 2.15. Then she, she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was on the city wall, so that she was living on the wall. And she said to them, go to the hill country so that the pursuers will not encounter you and hide yourselves there for three days until the pursuers return. Then afterward, you may go on your way. And the men said to her, we shall be exempt from this oath to which you have made us swear, unless when we come into the land, you tie this cord of scarlet thread in the window through which you let us down and gather into your house, your father, your mother, your brothers, and your father's household. And it shall come about that anyone who goes out of the doors of your house outside will have his blood on his own head, and we will be innocent But anyone who is with you in the house, his blood will be on your head, on our head, if a a hand is laid on him. But if you tell this business of ours, then we shall be exempt from the oath which you have made us swear. She then said, according to your words, so be it. So she sent them out away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. It is amazing when we read this, to consider the magnitude of words and what we say binds things. This is something that in the political speech these days, they can say anything. And it's always about what they say to split corners and cut edges and find a way through, and it's complete deceit. And the problem is that we're not demanding this sort of accountability. When I say this, Rahab's accountability and the accountability of the two spies that Joshua sent. We're not demanding that. It's basically putting that oath, a type of oath before them. They have made a commitment in their words that they swore upon that binds them, literally with God's word, to bind them to each other, that if they each have roles to do and must execute, or each has an exit clause. We don't have that. Instead, we get this people sitting here and head nodding and saying, okay, yeah, you say that, great. No one's asking the hard questions. No one's digging into the deep parts of what people are saying. You hear, we hear, we have a victory. We won. We kicked their tail with the Supreme Court ruling. It's like, okay, let me see the details. And we dig into it. It's like, no, we actually didn't get much of a victory at all. What we got was the Supreme Court actually stated that OSHA, didn't have the power to force injections or mandate injections, leaving it open for the correct for another agency because they did not deny it could be done. In fact, they said it is not about the pandemic. 
It's about the congressional authorities that OSHA was given. That should bother everybody. Absolutely should bother everybody in those words. Because they didn't say you couldn't mandate it. They simply said OSHA couldn't. And they went further to say that federally funded medical workers have to be injected. So they didn't take away the ability for people to to be injected. They simply qualified part of the law. So what is you're actually witnessing is everybody's understanding the limitations of where the law is being interpreted by the Supreme Court so they can launch their next wave of attack. And in the meantime, you're getting the the cheering the clown section over here going, "We won, we won, we won." It's like we didn't win. Get into the details. Ask for what is truly binding. Demand what is truly there. Be courageous. Take time to dig deep and understand what's in it. The whole news was consumed Friday and Saturday about the big wins in Virginia. These EOs, 11 EOs when the governor took charge. The substance of them is weak. There is no details. And when you're lacking details and you're lacking things that we can truly sink our teeth into and say, what are we going to get for this? What is are you as a governor going to be accountable for? Don't think it's going to work in your favor. When we start to get back to this place of truly as people once were, what I will loosely refer to, and it's a little bit out of context, but in, it's the context you'll get is the ancient paths. When we get back to that and we start really focusing on what we're saying and holding ourselves accountable to the word, not to what a whole bunch of people want to hear, not to what we want to see with our rose-colored glasses, but we get back to the actual word and, what, and our actions, now we're getting something. Rahab took huge risk with her life, and she did it in the protection of two spies sent from Joshua, blessed ultimately by God. That is, in turn, rewarded with a promise of her safety and the safety of all of her families as long as she abides by very specific things. And she has done very specific things to get that. And there's courage on both sides, but both are very clear in their understanding. And the courage is amazing. The spies have their job to do. You expect that. They're there under, with full risk to their lives. They accepted that mission. But Rahab didn't have to, and she did. And again, had the strength to stand up to the king and know she was lying, know that she was deceiving him and sending his men on a false mission. And yet, she did it for the, all the right reasons. Now think about today, I and I because I run into this, and I'm sure you do too. Some people will say, well, I, I couldn't possibly lie. I couldn't possibly deceive. I can't tell any. I'll tell you what, when I'm dealing with a tyranny, as we have right now, versus that protection of something that's God-given, God-called, or a walk with Christ, they don't count. My truth sits with where Christ needs me. My truth sits with where God puts me. But the tyranny is always out. It's always out to manipulate and try to catch you. We have to have the strength to say no. We have to have, if, 
if Rahab can say no to a king with a threat to her life, that sort of strength, if people had had that strength, you realize that there's not been really any mandates. It's always been like, this isn't a law, but this is a law. This is a mandate based on a recommendation of the CDC. There's no substance to it. And yet people went, okay, masks. Okay, I'll shut my business down. And that's the one that kills me the most. Small business owners, I'll, I'll voluntarily shut my business down. And then they're like, I'm going to lose my business. And I'm like, okay, did you shut it down? And now you're wondering why you don't have any money? You're not entitled to anything. And in fact, in the only entitlement you get is the rewards of stupidity and obedience. Rahab would not have been rewarded with great things had she turned them in, turned them over to the king, had she sh turned them away and sent them out. That was, she didn't take any risk. You have to take some risk here in this world. And in my opinion, God demands that of us. It's not just like, oh, hey, kids, uh, today I'm going to do a little action. Don't you all worry. You just huddle yourself on the couch, turn on some baseball if you want, and I'll go do my work with my angels, and Christ will be around here, and hey, don't you worry your little fannies at all. Everything will be okay. That is not the world we've been put into. So, what we've been put into instead is this, my children, you are in, you are behind enemy lines. You have to have the strength to walk as my son did and sacrificed himself for you. Stay focused. Quit playing around. I'm giving you the greatest gift I could ever give you. It's life, but you have to pursue Christ Jesus intimately. And you have to be courageous in the face of the enemy. And you have to realize that the enemy will pursue you relentlessly. And I'm not asking you to raise a sword of steel. I'm asking you to raise the sword of the spirit and really know what that means. Because the only way you're going to know what that means, my children, is to understand an intimate and intimately close relationship with me. And to get there, it's through Christ Jesus and through that's the power of the word. It's pretty profound, and it's not playtime. We're in a war, and for the most part, if we really open our eyes and are going to be honest, we've been in a war since the day we were born. It's just that now this war has broken open. And so I guess when I look at this and I say, huh, on two occasions, there's actually three, Christ has, there is, a, not Christ, but the Bible refers to a prostitute or an adulteress, three critical times. And it's more than that. But in fact, if we take Esther, that's yet another one, which is interesting because if you follow Esther, Esther had to become almost a courtesan to get into the court of the king for a year before she went through this event of a, what I'll just call like a fashion show. And she was selected. All of this kind of despicable behavior that we, at this point in time, we all go, well, oh. I could never do that. God would punish me. And yet God doesn't. He rewards them. Paul kills Christians and yet God stops him and says, you're now called. And Paul says, okay. And he is now sent on an amazing path. And yet he'd slaughtered Christians. God's not asking for this sort of school book, 
square boxed in perfection of sitting in the pew, dropping a few dollars in a plate and saying everything's going to be okay. He needs courage in this fight. And sometimes we're not going to do it right. But when we're trying and we're trying to pursue him, I truly believe there is a wide range of forgiveness, but we also have to seek that through repentance. That's where that comes into play. But we are truly in a war. And we have to start operating and thinking like that. And we have to encourage others to do that. Our pursuit of him is the most important part of everything we do. And that will lead us to interesting places. What I know when I read Rahab about Rahab is that I don't know what her relationship is with God, but she understands what he is, what he, repre- what he represents. And she has, you can call it reverence. I'm going to say reverence slash fear of the absolute power that he's levied on this world. That force is unquestionable. Today, I swear you could have an earthquake that split this continent in half and people would be like, that's a fault line. Doggone it. Shoot, I wish I wouldn't have built my house there. I wonder if FEMA is going to come in and, and give me money back for my house. Hmm, darn. Boy, it's horrible. The government's not doing anything to fix this. That's today's response. Instead of, what happened? The Lord levied a sword and split this nation in two. And actually he did, didn't he? Because he has divided this world in two. He did it by watching us make a choice between the pursuit of Satan's gift, which is a vax, or the trust in him. And so as people are milling about, and literally read a comment that goes something like this today, that goes, you know, I just don't think it's very fair that those that have been done everything they can to be obedient and be good people in the system have taken the vax are now getting sick, and those that haven't and running around uh, uncontrolled are just happy and not getting sick. It's like, well, maybe there's something there. Because that's sounding a whole lot like those, quote, deplorables that God had in his stories in the Bible that didn't quite fit the perfect mold. You see in the picture here? Because obedience to tyranny is not rewarded. And that's the bottom line. Obedience to tyranny is not rewarded. And I truly believe this, what I'm going to tell you. I think it is... It defiles our relationship with God. It is against our place as a walk in Christ to be obedient to tyranny. And when we do, to me, that's a sin. We have the sickness that we deal with, and we have the sin of sickness that we deal with. And we have to get right in our walk here. And that walk is an unbelievable walk. It's a walk of agape love. It's a walk of unbelievable connection with the Lord. It's joyous. It's full of light, but it's serious at the same time. It's not like laugh, ha, 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 Robin Williams type comedy hour. Joy and the the pursuit of perfection that the Lord puts on us, but it's the intensity of understanding that we're in a war zone. We have to be able to discern between 
the liar, and the truth teller. We have to be able to discern between the politician who just wants to get your vote versus someone who truly wants to pursue the betterment of you and the people. We have to be able to not get swept up with the narcotic of crowds going, rah, 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 we're going to win, rah, 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 let's get down to brass tacks. How? What are we going to do? And what does it require of each of us to be courageous like Rahab? Because if we all were courageous like Rahab, we would not be where we are today. In fact, arguably, with the number of people that are pursuing that relationship with Christ, if we literally move that direction that aggressively as Rahab, our kingdom would end up falling like her king's kingdom. And that means the walls of Jericho would fall. And I believe they will. So, it is time to stand. It is time to have that courage of Rahab. To put your faith so deeply in the Lord that even in the face of defiance, you know that you're protected. She didn't know if she would be. She just trusted that she would be because she defied the king. The king would have her head in a half a, half a second. And yet, she did the one thing that had to happen in order for the walls of Jericho to ultimately fall. She allowed the spies to finish their job. What amazing, what an amazing story and what an amazing character in our scripture and what an amazing thought to have in this day and age. That's the power we have, each and every one of us. It's a beautiful testimony to the courage that God has within us and the trust that we can put in the Lord to know that no matter what they tell you, no matter what they threaten, we're going to be just fine as long as we trust in him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in this time of so much chaos and constant threat and deceit, just pray, Lord, for the strength and courage of Rahab. That moment to literally defy a king for you, Lord, and for the missions that you put on us and on others. To come together is truly in a fellowship, to stand together boldly with that sort of courage, to not be intimidated or distracted or worried. That strength, Lord, is what we need. There is so much attempt to break us mentally. There is so much attempt to seed fears. This is purely Satan's hand, constantly dropping the, dis, the, the little things that split our relationship with you, little fractures at a time, putting in the doubt, the anxiety, the fear, the anger, the hatred. Lord, we just pray for that to be cast aside. And we, we put ourselves before you and we ask for forgiveness for those moments when we have fallen trapped to such a thing. Forgive us for those, those transgressions. And yet as we say that, Lord, we pray for the strength to not let it happen again. And we know that each step we make, there will be other traps and other temptations. And we put ourselves before you, Lord, and tell you openly with our heart, we are not perfect. But as we know most of all, Lord, we trust in you. We trust in you 
and know that you will keep us safe. And we will fight, Lord, and we will fight like the most courageous lions because we have you and we have that tight and close intimacy with our Savior, Christ Jesus. And so as we walk with Christ, Lord, and as we build that closeness with you, guide us with eyes to see and ears to hear and the discernment to separate this nonsense and get to the path of truth you've set before us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, it's good. It's a good time to be alive. It's a good time to try to seek to be the courage of Rahab. I'm telling you, they count on you being weak. They count on us not winning. And I just snicker. I'm like, okay, just keep counting those dead chickens because we're following God's son who resurrected and gave us life. And there's no stopping what's coming because God's with us and Christ's before us. And we're going to crush it in the end. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Our prayers are so important right now. Our prayers for discernment, our prayers for strength and courage. Most of all, when we pray, we just have to be seeking that closeness with Christ, that conversations to hear God. And he's there. He's talking. We just have to listen. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. We just have to trust more deeply than ever. And in the end, God will win. And as I say almost every night, and it just makes me smile, so I'll just keep saying it. We are here in this time for this purpose for such a time as this. That means we are trusted. And that is glorious. We have the trust of Father. That's going to be a fantastic end to this thing, whatever it looks like. We're definitely going to be roasting some weenies and making some s'mores over a campfire. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> it's coming. No kidding. All right, Patriots. I hope you have a very blessed evening. I'll see you tomorrow night for Bards FM. Until then, or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now.
sits down over the hill where the lost got found. Reaching through somehow, oh, you're an island when the world is too loud. When the seasons change, I know the space between us will stay the same. Resting on this faith when your soul answers calls far away. Safe place to hide from the rain.